0: KCNR is proud to announce that we are now live at 96.5 FM, as well as online, and as always, heard on 1460 AM. Weekday mornings, wake up with the Sue McLean News Hour, followed by Free Fire Radio, your talk radio station at the epicenter of change in downtown Reading. 9 to noon, be informed and laugh along with Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Noon to three, find your financial peace with Dave Ramsey. 3 to six, the hard hitting constitutional expert Mark Levin. Monday through Thursday, Thursdays at 6 p.m. local shows feature everything from the paranormal to pop culture to unsung heroes of our area. Seven to nine, Ben Shapiro with an expanded program that brings the issues of the day to your radio. And finish your weekday with the Chris Plant Show, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. KCNR now on 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, and always online. More than ever, we're your locally owned, community connected talk radio.
1: Sitting on a bar stool Kind of short and kind of square Through the foam in his mustache His voice filled the air
2: Talking about a state of mind, son Talking about the state of Jefferson It's a wave on a dusty road It's a long heavy load, it's a cattle
1: on the hill, it's a range full of deals, it's a way of life, settles in your soul,
3: settles in in your soul, that's what it does, it continually settles in your soul, so here we are with another Sunday morning. Broadcasting live from KCNR ninety six point five FM fourteen sixty AM your talk radio. This is Jefferson State of Mind and I am here with my partner Win Carpenter. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing good, I think. I did have to speak some Japanese this morning and we both know what that means.
4: Oh Denise is bothering you. Oh shit.
3: <laughs> I won't have you interpret.
4: <laughs> well at least it's Japanese and not the the vulgarities of the other uh, yes <laughs> many other languages yes.
3: and uh anyway we're here with jared our producer how you doing buddy i'm doing well
4: good good to see you jared we,
3: we always have to tell jared to be quiet he talks so much you know yes he does <laughs> He's
4: shy. he's smiling i think <laughs> yes he's smiling <laughs>
3: Hallelujah. <laughs> it is Christmas. And talking about Christmas tomorrow almost,
4: night. Almost. Yeah. Almost.
3: almost. At 2570 South Bonnie Road at the church that shall remain nameless.
4: Will Santa be there? No.
3: no? But we are going to have an ugly sweater contest. I think that uh, we have a guy who already won it last week for us. (laughs) (laughs) I won't spoil anything, though. He was a week ahead. Uh, Yeah, he was a week ahead. It was hilarious. (laughs) What are you doing? We're talking about something really serious. We've got Measure 1 coming in here, or Measure A, and Joe Comente and Morgan and supervisors and all this stuff, and you're wearing that? (laughs) With candy
4: canes and pockets across your chest? Then you get up in front of everybody and speak. Yeah, it was just... It was real sick. <laughs> That's okay. We
3: gave him a Trump beanie. It was red, so it matched his his sweater. Anyway, so tomorrow night, what we're going to do is we're going to just kind of uh, hang out a little bit. We'll have some snacks. We'll have some fun, and we're gonna. I want to hear stories, funny stories that people have about their kids at Christmas or their families, and we'll just sort of enjoy each other for a while, and then we'll, um, you know, we'll uh, just hang out, and uh, that'll be it. Now, we won't be having a meeting. Uh, I, I don't believe, and uh, after Christmas, we will not. And we won't be having a meeting on the Monday before um, New, Year. New Year's. Mm-hmm.
4: Would that be the same day? No. Yes. Isn't no. It? I don't think so. Look at the calendar. I, I do, don't know. I do. I don't know. I do. We don't do the scheduling, clearly. Do we, we don't. <laughs> Sally does. And
3: she's really good about that. But, uh, but anyway, you. yeah, it, um, it should be a lot of fun this, this week. Um, we had an interesting meeting last week. We talked about Measure A.
4: Yeah, the 30th, 23rd and the 30th, we won't be having meetings.
3: Okay, the 23rd and the 30th, we will not be having meetings. Resuming on? Uh, that would be the 6th. The 6th.
4: Okay. There you go.
3: Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, we will uh, we'll be having a lot of fun uh, tomorrow night, and pretty much that's it. So, you know, people can get, to, uh, get home at a nice hour and put your feet up, sit by the fire, and drink some hot cocoa.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: I know that's what I'll be drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not with your medication. I'll sure this you <laughs> won't. Anyway, yeah the uh, the meeting last week was very interesting on Measure A. I think there was a lot of good points brought up, um, and I have to uh, I want to thank Joe Comenti and Mr. Morgan for showing up.
4: Oh yeah, the, uh, it was great to have them come in and talk and tell us what was, was, was going on and it was and it was and they and Joe's Joe's pretty good about taking. Uh, Taking what given, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. taking what was given to him, because people were asking real tough questions and they wanted answers, and he he gave the answers, you know, and um, he was willing to do that. Plus, which he might have learned a few things of what he could do and how they could do it as a board members, and we gave them challenges to see if they could find some of those uh, solutions. I think one of the things
3: that uh, Dr. Danuka actually brought up to me, and that is that the county budget is, what, $500 million a year? Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Okay, now I want you folks to listen to this. $500 million a year for the county budget. If you divide that by the population, that's $20,000 a person a year. I'm going to say that again. $20,000 a person a year. If it's a family of four, that would be eighty grand. So they can't run they cannot run the county on 80 grand per family of 4 or $20,000 a person they can't run the county because they don't have enough money so i know my friend over here as uh, as before has uh, suggested a forensic audit and also um you know, um, making sure that's done in every every department. You want to explain that a little bit to the folks, Wynn, what you were talking about with that forensic audit and what, what exactly that is?
4: Yeah, well, a forensic audit um, finds out what's really going on versus just a superficial audit. Set, you know, superficial audit just kind of says, yeah, you paid this, you paid that, you brought this in, you brought that, and put that out. A forensic audit finds out what's really going on in each area and finding out what's really spent and it digs deeper. And you can find a lot of waste that way. And you can find out what's truly unnecessary. And then you can find out what um, issues that need to be resolved in other ways as far as maybe the t- pay differentials. You know, you have staff members that are earning – you know, they've been there for a long time. They're earning $30,000, $40,000 a year, you know, without much of an increase in pay when they first started. And they've been there a while. But then the department head earns 200000 Right. How does that work in Shasta County? We know that that's not necessary. So those are the kind of things you need to look at. Why are these department heads earning so much money? Plus which, you know, their retirements and everything else, they're under a different program, which I get, you know, the unions are all involved there. So there's a sticky wicket with that. But a lot of this stuff is unnecessary. and. It's a waste of our tax dollars, So, yep. and we are the employers. People forget that. We are the bosses. We are the employers. They are the employees. It's not the other way around. We need to hold them accountable to that, so if they say they don't have any money, they need to really look, <laughs> look a little deeper and figure it out, so I would encourage the Board of Supervisors to call for forensic audits on every single department within the county and post the results of what those um, audit results are so that the public can be better informed and help them to make more solid decisions on what's going on.
3: Well I think that's great You know, they, and, and then part of this thing is talking about accountability. I you know this was one thing that uh, people were really upset about accountability. This is what this measure says. These funds will increase jail space up to 500 additional beds. So they don't they didn't even really have to do one bed. They don't say that this Uh, These funds will uh, increase jail space starting at 250 and up to 500 additional beds. They don't say that. And then this is this I love this. We will hold criminals accountable when we have the jail space to hold them until trial. Well, uh, what's the difference between that and now? Except $31 million and again, $20,000 per person. That even means if somebody's homeless under a bridge. Yeah, $20,000 per person a year. Now, here's the best part. If we don't like what's going on here and we want to reduce this tax, the tax will be in effect until reduced or repealed by the Board of Supervisors by a four-fifth vote, not a normal quorum. Yeah. A quorum in the Board of Supervisors is three of five, three to two. This is four out of five, I kid you not.
4: So they have to vote to let it go. To let it
3: go. the tax will be in effect until reduced or repealed by the Board of Supervisors by a
4: four fifth vote. We're supposed to swallow that? What are the chances of that ever happening depending on who you have on the board?
3: Right, and we brought that up, and of course we got the sheepish look, you know, and you know, I mean, it was terrible, and we also talked about concealed carry. Um, You know, the concealed carry position that we have here with the new sheriff, I mean, concealed carry means one thing and one thing only. That's a permission slip from the uh, from the sheriff that you can have your Second Amendment rights Uh, Yeah, it's just it's 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 just way so crazy. Anyway, uh, we've got Nick on the line. Nick, what say you, sir?
2: Oh, I just turned this on and heard you talking about the tax. And my ideas on the tax is is evolving every day. And you know, one thought I have right now is the Board of Supervisors needs to put a stop on this tax for March third and get with us and get with the community and put something on the uh, uh, election in November that has a chance of passing, because I don't see how this has a chance to pass. You know, they had the big town hall out in Central Valley, uh, you know, Shasta Lake City, and I read on Reading Crime 2.0, they had about 25 people show up. You know, and uh, you saw how many showed up at the Patriots meeting. I was told about... Sixty-five showed up in that Chinese community south of Reading, Andeson, down there in Andeson, and there's just you know when there's something like this that has the people's support, they're going to be there, they're going to be listening to it, and uh, you know this just isn't working for me, and it's not working for most people.
3: Well, here's the problem. The problem is I don't Joe Comenti. It wasn't like well yeah we'll go back and relook at this. It was sort of like well you either know, you vote for you don't. I mean, that was the thing that really bothered me the most. I mean, there was some really good information that was given to him. Uh, the forensic audit is one thing. The idea that you brought up, which is so true, and that is that, that it says up to 500 beds, but it doesn't say they have to put one in. And the best part about this, we um let's see here. Uh, yeah. Um Let's see. Providing up to 500 beds and... It says that we will hold criminals accountable when we have the jail space to hold them until trial. What's the difference between that, between $31 million more, and what they're doing now? What's the difference? There's no difference. No difference. And here's the other part a $500 million budget, Dick. $500 million. That means every man, woman, child, anybody who's homeless living under a bridge that costs them $20,000 a year. A family of four is eighty thousand dollars to run the county as it is, and they're saying they don't have enough money. They want to add up to twenty five additional police officers in Redding. I mean, I saw four of them on the side of the road the other day with stopping to, to talk to one homeless guy.
2: Hey, you know what, Terry? I was I, I go on uh, Redding Crime Two almost every day. Yesterday or the day before, some guy from Sacramento. Was I think it was a circle case south of town on 273 was fueling up his Toyota. He was putting air in the U-Haul trailer he was pulling. And somebody jumped in his car and took off with it, his Toyota pickup and the U-Haul trailer he was towing. There was a citizen that saw what happened and started following him. His cohorts, the thefts' cohorts, went and ran him off the road. And they got ran off the road, too, and they took off running. You know this is just absolutely getting ridiculous. This stuff is happening all day every day.
3: Well, you never are going to have enough police officers because first of all, police officers do not uh, they do not have to protect you, and as per the Supreme Court, you certainly can't sue them if they don't, but they don't have to they're they're there after the crime. We have to have a way to protect ourselves now. Um,
2: well, you know i I agree with you technically, they don't have to. But the police officers I've been around, if they saw something going on, they would protect
3: you. Well, yeah, they would. But the whole point is, is that they're there after after the fact. We can um, anyway. I, we've got Dick on the other line. You can stay with us, Nick, if you want. But Dick does have an announcement on the other line. So, Dick, how are you doing, buddy? the fact. We can
1: um, anyway.
3: <coughs> Whoever has their radio on needs to turn it off.
1: Speak Hello, up, Dick.
4: Hello, Dick. Hello, Dick.
1: Hi, hello, Terry and Lynn. <clears throat> See, since I live in right in the middle of the state of Jefferson, I think it's appropriate to call into this program. But so anyway, you know, uh, like you, a lot of my listeners, my your listeners might know, my wife Frances, and I have a home on three one eight seven Barrel Court, and this is our thirtieth Christmas here, and we're lit up big time. We 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 started decorating. Uh, first year, we came here with a few lights on a gutter and Now it exploded into, and uh, one of the best lighted homes in in the Redding. Uh, anyway, we're out there. This is our tenth year that we've had the Salvation Army Red Kettle. In the last nine years, we raised over hundred sixty five thousand for the Salvation Army. We're at it again, and I have some uh, my one of my lo- loyal helpers out there, Robert Exter, and this year uh, Morton's been out there. Uh, every night, except last night, I gave them the night off. But uh, when the people come up to visit our, our home here, uh, they we take cash donations, no canned goods or clothing. But, but we also have, this is the third year we've had a credit card reader, and we take a lot of donations. The last two years, we've took over $2,000 on a credit card reader. It's very handy for a lot of people because some people just don't take cash and this year we have Apple Pay and Google Pay. Although not too many people taking advantage of that, but we've been taking a lot of donations on the credit card. So anyway, our, last year was was a record year. of uh, We had we took in twenty five thousand two hundred fifty five dollars, and every year we we try to to beat that record. But but it, it gets tougher and tougher because soon sure we're going to have a hurdle that we can't get over anymore. But anyway, I'm inviting people to come by. We we, uh, we hand out the large five-inch candy canes to children and, and whining adults. You could say they're children, too,
2: <laughs>
1: which is lots of those. But we're pretty generous with our candy canes. Last year we gave away 18,000 of those candy canes, and, and we got quite a few of them left for this year. And i uh, inviting people to come by, and we have a no-limit kettle. You can donate as much as you want. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm inviting people to come by and see us. Uh, and if anybody likes to to uh, help us uh, out there in the street, they can call Sally Raposa, and uh, you can give her the phone number and get get on our list to come out and help us. Then uh, tonight, let's see, I think um, Morton's going to be helping me again, and and I don't know who else. Can, and one of my other loyal helpers is, is Bob Holsinger. He's 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 been out every. Friday and Saturday to help me, and last night we we had a really stuffed kettle. Boy, we got a one pack full of money. But anyway, come out and see us. Uh, we're, we'll be glad to have people come out. And last night the, we had bumper to bumper traffic in the street from about six o'clock until after nine thirty, and then it finally eased up a little. Where they kind of quit and go in the house. But it's gonna the week before Christmas is. We have bumper to bumper for hours on from our house, but but it's worth it. People have been pretty, they've been pretty uh, patient about staying in line and just sweating it out coming up to, to the kettle. So please come on see us and try to help us, help the Salvation Army, and uh, help us uh, celebrate Christmas out at our house here. Anyway, I guess that's about it. All
4: right, thank you, thank that's you awesome. Dick. That's awesome. Sounds report. great,
3: buddy. Thank you. Thank you for All doing that. Bye. bye -bye. Okay, with that, I think we're going to go off to our first break. We probably should do that here. So uh, with that,
4: time has come. For 51.
1: One,
2: two, three. Up in the
1: heat believe America is the home of the brave. What we got is earned by working it and handing it out for free. We stand for the flag and pledge our allegiance for the last of a dying breeze. Last of a dying breeze.
5: Founded in 1995, GI Pathology is the only physician-owned laboratory in the United States dedicated solely to the practice of gastrointestinal and liver pathology. The company provides the highest quality GI Pathology diagnosis made exclusively by one of our fellowship-trained gastrointestinal and liver pathologists. GI Pathology delivers results to its Northern California client base within an industry-leading 24 hours. Call 888-2-GI-PATH or go to www.gipath.com for more information.
0: The Redding Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to
6: you or your elders at ReddingRancheria.com.
5: Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support.
0: It's Lady Bot and the Bluebirds December 19th at Wind River Resort and Casino inside Elements Lounge. Join me along with Pat Karch on keyboards, Bruce Kalen on bass, Mike Costa on drums, and Lou White on sax, flute, and clarinet. Enjoy an evening with your favorite Christmas music along with jazz classics. That's 6 to 9 p.m. in Elements Lounge. For reservations, call 243-3377.
3: stuff, Sally. Good music, girl. Good choice. You bet. Wynn and I are dancing around. <laughs> We're out of breath now. Two fat guys dancing around. Run out of breath easy. <laughs> With that, we do have Jimmy on the line. How are you doing there, Jimmy? Good morning, Jimmy.
7: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, uh, I think the Mannheim Steamroller came from a band that used to be a heavy metal band called Man of War. But anyway, mm, um, I got good. another example of how California has once again shot themselves in the foot because of their business practices and their lack of, um, you know, keeping the streets clean in San Francisco. Oracle, which is a huge software company based out of Silicon Valley, for the last two decades has had um, Oracle's Open World Conference. It's like a convention, right, in San Francisco. People from all over the world come to this convention. Well... They've had so many complaints by attendees because of the dirty streets and the people walking around on the streets. And another major factor was the high cost of hotel rooms there. Because a hotel room, a three-star hotel room in San Francisco, the average price is $214. So Oracle just signed a three-year contract to hold it in Las Vegas where the average hotel cost three-star is $70. So here we are, folks, once again, um, having businesses leave. And this is going to – San Francisco is going to lose $64 million a year because of this. And this is a perfect example of what's going on in the state.
3: Yeah, and the real thing is, Jimmy, is there needs to be more people like you that actually care. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and, you know, they have to be informed, but by the same token, they've got to seek that information as you do. But you're absolutely right. I mean, California is is horrible. I mean, you know, even closer to River City, I was driving home, uh, uh, coming back home on, uh, um, I want to say it was Wednesday or Thursday, and, you know, right out in front of City Hall, here's this gal doing her business. I mean, right there, man, just, hey, you know, in front of a couple of other people, just letting her rip. You know, yeah. and I and I mean, you know, at what point do we kind of stop this? We brought up to Joe Comente that, you know, uh, what we need to do is we need to have the citizens working with the police. And I know yesterday on a radio program that you were on, too, I believe, um, we, we talked a little bit about CCWs, and the host had mentioned, well, you know, things are getting tough out there. You better get your CCW. Well, folks, a CCW is a privilege. Concealed carry is a privilege. And according to our sheriff and according to every sheriff in the state of California, If a sheriff says, I don't want to give those out anymore because it's a permission slip. It's a power of the government. It's a power of the state. It is not your right, which is against the Constitution. If, in fact, they want to say, you can't do that anymore, then, hey, then you can't have a CCW. And you can't open carry. So the real deal is, is that if you trust the people to carry at all, you're trusting discernment when they use the weapon. Is that correct? Discernment, right? Mm -hmm. When do I use my weapon? Well, if that person's going through classes and all the other stuff they have to go through, you're basing everything on their discernment of when to use the weapon. Well, why can't have they have the same discernment on when to carry something open and when to carry something concealed? When, yeah, she- when
7: somebody says something, I mean, I, I you know, I, I like Tom Vaseko. He, he's okay. <laughs> I, I know there's some issues with the uh, Second Amendment stuff, like the open carry. And when he said that, that um, having a concealed weapon is tactically superior. Yeah, unreal. That was uh, no.
3: <laughs> well, then he he came back and said, "Well, no, it." You know, then he comes back a couple weeks later and comes on the radio program, on Carl's radio program, and says, "Well, you know, if they have the, the um, if the gun is out in the open, uh, the the criminal can see it. Number one, and number two, uh, it's uh, they can get to their their weapon quicker." <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is the people that we employ. To quote, quote protect us or to keep law and order, the people we employ should have more rights than the people who employ them. Is that what you're saying? And you're saying, at first you said it was tactically superior to have a concealed carry, and now you're saying it's not tactically superior. You're saying that it's uh, that uh, open carry is tactically superior. Well, which is it? Well, he's not going to have to worry about an anyway because he's only got like two weeks left, and then he's going to go off into the sunset, God knows where.
7: So. I know. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. That's where everybody else is moving, right?
3: Yeah, well, there, there is that. All right, my good friend. Anyway, thanks yeah. for calling. And, uh, yeah, oh, one more thing real quick. Okay. Uh,
7: as far as the, what you were talking about, the lady doing out in front of City Hall, yeah. you, can, you can defecate in the streets of San Francisco, but if your dog defecates right. in a park and you don't pick it up, you get fined 250 bucks.
3: Right. Well, <laughs> you know, then you know maybe you should have the dog hold the leash for you. <laughs> yeah, and then
7: one more thing real quick. At some point in the show... For the new listeners, will you give a brief summary on the CFR lawsuit and where it's at now? Well,
3: we have uh, Mark Baird on the line, and uh, Mark may give us a little bit of that, but let's see what's on his mind. What's on your mind, Mark? Good morning, Mark. Morning. How are you doing? Good.
5: Um, I just uh, The stream winked out for a minute, so I, I didn't hear the last couple of minutes, uh, but I, I heard you start talking about the CCW, and I, I wanted to also mention that CFR, If you can relate to this, the um, Bill of Rights guarantees us freedom from government interference. Is that pretty much widely accepted, you think? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now let's look at CCWs with regards to freedom from government interference. And and, uh, uh, Sheriff Baca from Los Angeles County was basically charged with selling CCWs in exchange for political uh, contributions.
3: Now, who was this one?
5: Sheriff Faca in Los Angeles—he's gone now. He was basically rifted out. He resigned because, under a stain of, you know, and it was partly CCWs. He he only gave them to his friends and his political contributors and his family.
4: Well, do you know what? If and we had following, if we had them statewide, you know, we would re- but, remove that temptation of criminality by our um, law enforcement by taking that out of there. If we were just having open carry in the entire state, we would be doing well, if, we'd if, be if doing them all a in favor
5: because. Um, then the following sheriff was ordered by the court to give, uh, I don't know, it's around 100 CCWs out to people who had active threats against their life, literally fulfilling the just cause uh, uh, provision of 26150. 150 and uh, then now, the sheriff now wants to revoke those CCWs because he doubts the threat still exists, and now let's move to Santa Clara County, where that sheriff is under investigation by the Santa Clara County District Attorney, because she would only give CCWs to people who gave, made large contributions. In fact, Apple, one of the gun-grabber companies, uh, the socialist leftist companies that would like to see you lose your ability to protect yourself, had an executive protection team, and the leader of that executive protection team made a $40,000 contribution to the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Department, in, or to the Sheriff's Re-Election Fund, I think it was in 2017, in April. And by May, he had a CCW. Now, when I applied for a CCW the first time, it took six months. <laughs> but this guy gets it in a month in exchange for $40,000 political contribution. So what we have in California is a situation where not only is a CCW not your right, in some counties you can't even get one unless you got big money, apparently. But even in counties that will give them to anybody that can pass the background check, that could change with the very next sheriff or... You could have a sheriff like Idaho Tom, who has revoked the CCW of a guy over, uh, over a kind of a, a, a urinating contest type of thing. In other words, he, he got mad at the guy for statements that he made or in political uh, views that he had, and he, and he ginned up a bunch of circumstances. I'm not going to say the guy's name because it's not time to reveal that yet, and it may come out in our court case. But he basically ginned up a deal where he took the guy's CCW away because he could.
3: So you're saying that the sheriff of Shasta County uh, virtually uh, ginned up a way to uh, take away a right from a citizen because of the fact that the citizen uh, called him out on some things? Is that the gist of it? Or Well,
5: it, that's essentially it. However, okay. remember, the sheriff of Shasta County... CCW is not a right; it's a privilege.
7: Right.
5: And the sheriff of Shasta County can take a CCW away from anybody he wants for any reason he wants right. to. So I'm not saying, I'm not implying that the sheriff did anything unlawful, because the because the state of California, according to the filing in my court case, has granted the authority to sheriffs and police chiefs to say who may or may not carry weapons in California. So I'm not saying the sheriff did anything unlawful. He didn't. He did everything he was allowed to do under the statute. He took someone's CCW away for what I believe were were, um, uh, unfair and unjust reasons, and that may yet come out. But the point is, he didn't do anything unlawful. He did what he was allowed to do under state law and state statute. And he could do it to you, too, and he could do it to anybody he wants to for any reason he wants to, and he would be lawfully and legally justified to do that because he currently has that power. So, is your right to carry a weapon a right or is it a state power to confer upon you and and uh, to take away from you at their whim and their wish? Ask yourself that. I mean, it's definitely not your right because it can be denied you in a heartbeat and it and it is denied to millions of Californians for no reason whatsoever. Well, much think- less reasons
3: that we have now Yeah, well, one of the problems is ignorance on the subject i mean i don't even know i mean i've even heard talk show hosts say well you know if you're going to protect yourself you better get your ccw and i that was a statement that was brought up on a talk show recently and the mm-hmm. and the fellow who had uh, who had who was the caller said well i don't need a C, i don't need a ccw and the host took it as well you know, you, you then you need to protect yourself with something. He didn't take it as the caller meant it. The caller meant, yeah. I don't need a CCW because it's my right to carry a weapon to protect myself. And, yeah, yeah.
5: Now, here's the only problem with that. And I agree with the caller. You don't need a CCW. The Second Amendment is your CCW. However, you may well become a political prisoner of the right. state of California right. if some law officer interferes with your right. Right. And according to the California legislature, that law officer has the right to interfere with
3: your right. But I think that the – see, the tone of it, which got corrected, but the tone of it was the fact that, well, you know, uh, you you need to get your CCW because other than that, you can't protect yourself. Um, And what if – like you said, it's not a right. The Second Amendment in California is not a right. It's it's a power uh, over you that the government has over you on giving you permission of whether you can have your constitutional right or not. Yeah, I lost you.
4: you. Are you there? You there, Mark?
5: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. But I, I thought I lost you. I thought you cut off mid sentence. But anyway, yeah, that's absolutely true. And so now we we have we have sheriffs that'll give him uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff to his buddy. We have another sheriff in Los Angeles County that wants to take him away just because he doesn't think he need it anymore. We got a sheriff in Santa Clara that only sells them for political favors. Uh, we have a sheriff in Shasta County that'll take it away if he wants to. Uh, and the next sheriff, in two weeks, when Idaho Tom clears out and grabs his golf sticks and heads for Idaho and turns his back on the mess that he helped make, uh, the next sheriff, he may give them, he may not give them. And he has the right to do that. Or Well, he has the political uh, weight of the legislature to do that. He doesn't have the right because governments don't have rights. And we have a Siskiyou County sheriff who, who gives them out to anybody that can pay, pass the training, jump through all the hoops, wait do all that stuff, but the next sheriff may not. So you don't have a right. And the Ninth Circuit says you don't have a right. And the Supreme Court says you don't have a right to concealed carry. You do not. Your only right is open carry, and that is banned in California, period. There is a way for you to open carry, but no sheriff has ever allowed it. So please, you know, guys, get off the couch. Let's vote. Let's, uh, you know, contribute to these court cases. I, I've got a case that's active in federal court, and we're okay, but, but we're going to need money pretty soon because this will probably end up in the Ninth Circuit. Um, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association case, the oral arguments have been heard, but they haven't ruled yet. If that goes in favor of uh, Second Amendment uh, supporters, then the battle might get easier. But if California court is any uh, indication historically, they're just going to ignore the Supreme Court anyway. So, you know, it's time for us to start demonstrating that we support our liberty physically. I mean, it's not enough to sit on your couch and say, yeah, man, go get them. I, I, you look at Virginia. They've got like 75 Second Amendment right, sanctuary right. counties in 10 days. In the state of California, Siskiyou County is the only county that's ever passed one. We have 58 counties in California that we ought to try to be getting those passed in right now. We need to make a statement to the government that we will not go quietly, that we are the masters of our own fate, and we are the masters of this government. They are not our masters. We are not slaves. Well, we with, are the masters of our liberty.
3: Well, with that, Mark, uh, if you could stay with us, we've got to go off to another break. But um, sure. anyway, time has come. for 51. Let's get her done.
5: We know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California. A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. Fifty-one percent is all it takes. Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken, and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support.
3: Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofits, And churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal Housing Lender, member
4: FDIC.
0: I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want
5: to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your... So fortunate to have an
1: organization like Home Helpers. You
0: never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home.
3: Okay, here we are. I've got a, you know, Sal, honey, when you get on a kick, you're on a kick. (laughs) I'm going to hear a Mannheim steamroller now for the next three weeks.
4: Cranked up at your house. Cranked up.
3: (laughs) She, She likes to go yard sailing. And at one particular point in time, she was going to look for radios. For some reason, she didn't think like she had enough radios. By the time that she stopped this compulsive shopping for radios, guess how many radios we had in our house?
4: I don't know. Ten? (laughs) Thirty-nine.
3: Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine
4: radios. Thirty-nine radios. Yes, we
3: had them everywhere. Thirty-nine radios. (laughs) So finally she stopped. She finally stopped. So I don't know what the next thing is. I know she just did a fireplace. Oh, my gosh. Who knows? (laughs) Anyway, with that, we have another caller on the line. We have Lori. Lori. Harry.
6: Good morning, Lori. (laughs) And, Mark, hey, I was just going to share uh, an observation. Um, I just finished my qualification yesterday for CCW, and I had an interesting experience. We still have in our culture a gun phobia. I have, uh, was told in class, very good point, do not mention to people at your job, for instance, that you are, you know, a carrier uh, with a weapon. And uh, I had an interview um for, I do elder care, and uh, this lady I was talking to on the phone, I said, um, I, can cu- I can meet you after I um, do a, a test at the range, and she goes, you mean like a gun range? And I said, yeah, I said, I, um, I'm going to re- you know set up for a re- requalification. She goes, oh. Next day, she e- e- emails me and says, please do not come to this meet-and-greet interview with your gun. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't offend you. Um, and so I just want to share that. that. There you go. Even people just don't understand they, they still think this is these crazy shooters that you know and i don't even know if these people are planned half the time but i just wanted to share that experience
3: a lot of that is the, what they've been exposed to you know prior to 2012 uh you could open carry um and you know again there's 31 states that allow open carry of uh, a loaded weapon and,
6: and you know what in closing we just don't see it enough to go oh okay and um, I just want to give a heads-up to Marshall Jones and Officer Joe. They were awesome. They do not time this test. They coach you. They guide you on uh, your target. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, I'm not going to say super expensive, but a box of you know, bullets is 20 bucks. Get a lane at nice shot. That's another, I mean, it's an investment to, you know, pursue To, to
3: have your constitutional right.
6: You I have to know. invest
3: in your constitutional right. Mark, are you still there, by the way? yeah I am. Oh, good. Okay. Were you able to hear what Lori said?
5: Yeah, I did. And and let me let me add to that. You know, training, I think training is an investment. I, I agree. You know, a, a box of bullets, yeah, it costs money, but it's, it's relatively inexpensive um, for some. You know, some people have to be more careful about their money than others. But the point is, if you don't invest in the training, then the exercise of your right is going to be poorly planned and poorly executed. So... You know, you, you do need to train. It's You're responsible to train. You're responsible morally to train. You're responsible ethically to train. Because, i got to say, uh, exercising a fundamental, God-given, preconstitutional right or not, when that bullet leaves the end of the gun, you're responsible for that bullet no matter where it goes. No matter if you've got permission to shoot it or you're exercising your God-given right to shoot the gun, you are responsible for whatever comes out the end no matter where it lands. And so, yeah, I have to agree, training is everything. and, and But, however, notwithstanding that, when eminent force presents itself to you, you have the pre-governmental, pre-societal, human right to life and to defense of that life. The better trained you are, the better you're going to be able to accomplish the mission. But, uh, you still have the right either way. And you okay, don't so have here's the, the right question. to California. What if there's
3: somebody. Go ahead, Lori.
6: Yeah, quick question. So, what if there are people out there thinking, okay, um, I'm not going to do the CCW for my third time, fourth time, or whatever it might be. They feel like they train enough, their eye-hand coordination is good, they, they can shoot a target, but they don't want to do the renewal again. Uh, would you advise people, or can they even get um, insurance from you know the NRA if if they're not in compliance with their local regs?
5: Well, the insurance company qualifiers are their own that's a business decision, and that's capitalism. They may get the policy, and they may not. You know, and so I don't know whether people who choose not to train and, can't, and cannot uh, certificate that training uh, would be able to get insurance or not. And, and you know, in, in defense of the training industry, they provide a valuable service. Now, sure. you can choose to avail yourself of that or not, but um, I know it would always make me more comfortable next to someone who I felt was competent with their weapons. Yeah, I'd, be more, I'd be more comfortable with them than someone who wasn't. However, in the end, you have the human right to defend your life, no matter what your level of competency is. And if you don't think you can shoot, wait till the guy gets closer. You know, but but the, the point is, training is smart, mm-hmm. but it's not part of the right.
3: Well, you know, the thing, Winn and I were talking at the break, and here's the real deal. It's not whether you carry the gun concealed or you carry the gun open. It's the discernment of when to use the weapon. So it's all about the discernment. So if you can qualify for one, you you automatically qualify for the other, even under their ridiculous and uh, communistic rules. Uh, you know, really and truly, it's the discernment of when you use it. And Mark, you hit the nail on the head, you know. Remember when the gut, when the bullet leaves the end of the barrel, uh, that responsibility is now yours. That's called discernment. So if the... the a sheriff has said, "Well, you know, I they have the right discernment whether you have to lift your shirt up to pull your gun out, or you just pull your gun out. It's still when you do that, and that I think is the core. Um, not to use that phrase, maybe that's a bad phrase to use, but uh, that's the real deal. The real deal is it's the discernment of when you use your weapon, the discernment of when well, you."
5: I think that Locke and Burr and uh, John Locke and uh, Blackstone put it best when they they said that I, I believe it was Blackstone that said that the uh, musket is incapable of causing offense. Mm -hmm. The weapon itself cannot cause offense. It's an inanimate object like a screwdriver, a rock, or a tuna sandwich. Therefore, it must be the man that gives offense, the man that wields the musket, and criminal law is applicable to that man no matter what his rights are. So if you are a human being and you use your weapon and it's injudicious, then criminal law is going to deal with you. But it has nothing to do with the weapon itself, and it has nothing to do with your pre-constitutional right for defense of self, family, and community, because you have that just because you were born. You have that because you lack the tools a bear la- the has. You have that because human beings have to make tools to accomplish jobs that animals do with the tools that grow out of their hands and their, and their face, their teeth and their fangs and their weight and their speed. So those are your rights. Now, The state that we have allowed to take those rights from us is exercising that control, and they're doing it criminally. And so, you know, if you want to help restore that right, and whether you agree with open carry or not, I, you know, I don't even want to have that discussion anymore because the court says open carry is your right and concealed carry isn't. So we'll have to fight that battle down the road. But the point is we have an elusive right now that the state is banned. We want to recapture that right, and then we'll have the civil discourse as to whether people would rather see the thing or not see the thing. I, I really don't care. But the point is, when imminent force is presented to you, you need to react to that immediately. You can't do it unless your weapon is on you in one form or another. So please help us. Please don't sit silently in your home. Because you could be the next victim. You could be the next guy at the store while you're putting air in a tire. Somebody jumps in your car and steals everything you have. You could be the next person that, that has your windows broken and someone kicks your door in and kills you and your family. You could be the next person that's there when the cops aren't. You could be walking down the trail, uh, the, the River Park Trail, when a guy with a machete comes out of the bush at you and he's crazy from dope or from poverty or I don't know what and I don't care. You could be that person. Where are the cops going to be? They're, going to, they're not going to be there. They won't. I guarantee you, they just won't. And I was a peace officer. I know what I'm talking about. Yes, police protection is a goal. Police want to protect you. It is their sworn oath to try to protect you. But here's the deal. They may not be there, and they're not bound by government to be there. And they can't be held responsible if they're not there. So how can law enforcement stand in front of you and honestly say, you don't need a weapon because we'll protect you? They have no obligation to do that, and they can't be held liable for failing to do that.
2: Protecting your
5: family is your job, period. Reporting the crime to the police afterward, they might not even take a report in certain cases. So how much protection can they give you when they have no idea where the crime is going to take place ahead of time?
6: And here's a point, you guys. Uh, the, that young college student that was uh, butchered by the teenagers, trying, just trying to quote unquote rob her, um, what if she had been armed? What a surprise for those teenagers that are just, you know, she's just taking a jog or somewhere in the local area, only been in New York for three months. Um, I'm, a man, I'm definitely making an appeal to females. Consider getting a gun first before it's maybe hard to get, and then get trained. Uh, go to your favorite school. I like uh, Marshall and uh, Jones Fort and Officer Joe, but find somewhere and at least get your gun, because I don't know how many people can handle a knife. You have to be intimately close to be using that. How many people knew know, know uh, you know martial arts? Come on, look at the shape most people are in, including yeah. me. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, and I think the perspective that Lori brings is a is a uh, one that's not so unique. I know that there's a. You know, I mean, the real deal is, is that we have a government that's oppressing us. We have a government that's trying to take our constitutional rights. And you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I just, I just can't swallow all this stuff with these sheriffs. I, it, it just, you know, it's just too much. You know, um, even all their arguments have holes. The contradictions they have. First of all, concealed carry is tactically superior. Then the next thing, oh, it's it, well, my officers need to have, get to their guns quickly because their lives may be threatened when they're out working. Well, Everybody's lives threatened when they're out working. I mean, good grief! I mean, it, it's it's like, I mean, I'm just so. T- I, I think we people just have to get up off the couch and understand it. The problem is, is a lot of times folks we're preaching to the choir here. You folks need to go out and you need to talk to people who aren't the choir. Maybe, you know, Lori, you need to talk to that lady who's, uh, who was nervous about the weapon. You know, explain to her the different ways, to, you know, you need to protect yourself. I mean, if she's scared of a gun, get mace. I mean, you know, I don't know. Point being is that we need to have a situation where we can get the word out to people who aren't, um, who aren't really seeing this for what it is. I mean, again, I was kind of taken back that... Uh, um, uh, that, you know, I had to to explain the CCW situation to a person I had to explain to recently because that person had even been with, you know, he had been, uh, he understands the Second Amendment, I thought, but, you know, I mean, the real deal is, is that we have to have that dis- discernment. Well, on.
6: consider inviting um, Tabasenko's uh, next next in charge and have this conversation and dialogue so that we don't think the worst of the, the new individual, uh, Magrini, but... At least we have to embrace this conversation because uh, it's.
3: Otherwise, you're going to be doing this show every week. Well, like it or not, you like it or not, you've got uh, uh, Magrini is going to be the sheriff. Like it or not, he's going to be there until 2022. Like it or not, uh, when he runs, he's going to be an incumbent. And he did say that he's going to do some things differently than than Misenko did. We don't we don't know what that's going to be. We know it's differently. But here's here's the thing that really is a bit uh, just. I mean, just just to me, it's just I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say slimy, but I don't know how else to put it. You know, you go and you run for an election. Uh, The guy doesn't run against you, so he backs off because he realizes he's only going to get 18%. Then you run again, uh, and uh, the next guy, right out of the chute, after you would have creamed the guy before him in the election, gets 48%. That was green. He got 48%. 48. Okay? I mean, out of the chute. Now, what does that tell you about people and what they think about their sheriff? I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever your opinion is, it is or isn't, or whatever the case may be. But the point is, is that 48% voted for green. Um, and, you know, I can kind of understand to a degree or try to understand that they wanted a in there because uh, it's a turnkey operation kind of thing. But it's uh, just getting hard to swallow all this stuff. Anyway, what say you, Kimasabi? Kimisabi?
5: Thanks, you guys. Well, I, I I agree, but I, I think that what we need to do really is we need to put ourselves in a position with regard to our liberties that they're not dependent upon these guys. I personally would pull this guy aside that's going to run for sheriff next time and say, look, we'll help you, but we demand some things from you. In other words, if you represent us, you need to represent us directly, and we want one fifty b 2 permits on a shall issue basis. With very, very little money involved. We got one minute. And, and, but what I would say is our lack of representation generally is our problem, and the answer is the state of Jefferson. Please contribute to the CFR case. Help us, help us break this state in half. Help us restore liberty and representation to the state of Jefferson, a free state, the first free state in 150 years, and it's within your power to do it, folks. And next
3: week. Okay, and next week we will have uh, the CFR court case an update. That'll be the program. Jimmy called in wanted, and we'll do that next week. Jimmy, we will give an update. And Mark, we hope you can be on. Uh, it'd be great so we can give an update to the folks on the CFR case. But
4: and, can... and it's kind of funny right now. We're talking about Liberty. My son and his fiance are circling Lady Liberty. They just sent me a photo via text um, of Lady Liberty. Kind of ironic. Kind of cool. In New York City. In New York City. <laughs> yeah, Statue of Liberty. So Shasta County is being represented.